Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the number one podcast for Airbnb hosts and short-term rental professionals. You're listening to an episode of SDR Conversations hosted by myself, Jasper Rivers, and Eric Muller. And every Friday, we release a new episode where Eric and I have an organic conversation and discuss what's happening in the SDR industry and share what we're learning in our hosting businesses and through working with the thousands of students that go through our coaching programs. Now, this episode is brought to you by SDR Legends Mastermind, the only exclusive mastermind that connects top CEOs and SDR business owners at the most unique travel destinations. So if you're running over 50 short-term rental units or you're managing boutique hotels or you're an investor in the SDR space with over $3 million of assets owned, then we invite you to apply for the mastermind at strlegends.com. We'll get on a call with you to see if the mastermind is a good fit. And if it's a win-win, then we'll welcome you in a couple months at our first live event at an incredible beachfront short-term rental property in Oaxaca, Mexico. Now, let's dive into today's episode. Enjoy the show. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet. Welcome, everybody. Episode 465 with Eric Miller and Jesper Rivers. And today we're talking about one of our favorite subjects. Eric's been dreaming about it for the last four days. He just told me it is the tiny home and in particular, the prefabricated tiny home. That's what we're talking about, Eric. Tiny homes. Talk to me. Tell me about <laughs> tiny homes. I, let's start with the definition of a, of a tiny home. I just looked it up. Because I was curious, you know, because everyone's talking about tiny homes, but what's the official definition of a tiny tiny home is uh, a dwelling unit with a maximum of 400 square feet of floor area, excluding lofts. So I know you're at the Daydreamers Den, which is one of the cabins that we rent out in Idlewild. What's the square footage of that? Do you know? I don't know off the top of my head. It's bigger than a tiny home. That's interesting. 400. I always thought it was closer to 480. This might be 480, this unit that we're in. Who knows, man? Like the industry's grown so much and there's so many different style properties now. It's it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I think they all started off with that vision of like 400 square feet and uh, super, super tiny. But dude, I've been, as you know, been going through quite a bit of research, looking at some manufacturers for the Idlewild project. And, um, Dude, I found some really awesome stuff. So I'm pretty stoked about it. And then also, I was just about to say this before the podcast too. We're having issues booking the schoolhouse, right? I'm pretty positive. We got to check check our listing. I'm pretty positive we have it on Airbnb as a tiny home. We have it scheduled as a tiny or listed as a tiny home. So I'm really curious. I know the photos need to be updated, the interior, the exterior. That property just does not represent our brand at all. And I'm super excited because we're meeting the the designer tomorrow, start going through some changes. But I'm really curious to see how that's affecting the booking because I'm pretty sure we listed that as a tiny house. Mm. Technically, it's not a tiny house. It's bigger. Yeah, it's bigger yeah. than a tiny home. Yeah. Yeah, let's uh we'll go, we'll go into hostily after this podcast and check it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we gotta change change that around. But yeah, they, they, I was just thinking about that over the weekend uh, when we first took this property down. I think we listed the den and the schoolhouse as tiny homes. And I think 
I mean, I could be wrong, but I think that's what's kind of. I'm curious to see like if that's having a negative effect yeah. on the bookings or not. So well, the, well, the interesting thing is that the den the den performs really well. It's, a, it's an but, awesome place, but yeah. it, it is it is more of a tiny house, or it is right. actually it's more has the size of a, of a tiny home. I think the other ones we listed as cabins, but I think you're right. I think we did list the, the schoolhouse as a tiny home, whereas it's uh, it's a bit bigger than a tiny home, really. Yeah, so I'm curious to see you know if that's affecting affecting the uh the you know the the bookings at all but um but yeah man all in all i'm freaking obsessed with tiny homes it's so funny because the whole idea of free wilds came about a year and a half ago when samantha and i were on that road trip around the country we're going all up and down the west coast and uh the last the last night of the road trip we booked this tiny home in this new tiny home community in zion right outside of zion national park and I was super pumped about it, man. And like never stayed in a tiny home before. I stayed in the uh, the Idaho potato prior to that. So I guess that's a tiny home. But I've never stayed in an official tiny home before. And, uh, you know, I was super pumped about it. It's right outside Zion National Park. We wanted to end the trip in this really cool place and do some stargazing, you know, and that's kind of that's how they were listing and promoting it. And we got there and the tiny house just was like, it was freaking small, man. It was super small. We had uh, Benny, my friend Benny with me, with us. And uh, so the three of us just could not really move around in there, couldn't cook, couldn't like sit down and watch a movie together. It, it was very awkward, very weird to be in there with another person, like uh, a third person there. But then the tiny homes were stacked right next to each other over and over again. When I was there, I'm like, man, we could we could recreate this whole vision of the tiny home community because it just took away from the whole experience of being there for me. And it just felt like I was in an apartment, you know, and like mm. there was not, nothing special about it. And then fast forward a year, you know, we bought, we bought this property. We started looking at building cabins and now the construction industry is just completely backwards from where it was before we bought this property, you know, contractors, super busy, cost of materials, super expensive. So I went back down this rabbit hole of looking at, you know, what can we do here? That's not going to take us a year and a half to build and all this red tape to put up. And I started stumbling. So I, I signed up for uh, dwell, dwell.com. And I was just going through all of their top tiny home suggestions. Every year they, they post up like top 10 tiny homes around the world or whatever it is. And I found back in 2017, I found a list of manufacturers that just like, I'm like, dude, these guys are just like aligned with our brand. These guys like just building something really freaking awesome. So I got really lost in the whole tiny home manufacturing thing again. And now we're back in the, the place where I think we're going to start building tiny homes in Ottawild, which is freaking awesome, man. So I'm pretty pumped about it. Yeah. Yeah. This, the stuff you send, send over to me looks really, really cool. So definitely very excited about it. And as I started, as I started thinking about it, it was, first of all, it's funny because I'm, I'm at my mom's place back, back in the Netherlands, right? And I've never seen a tiny home here. You know, it always takes, takes a while before like things, new trends usually develop in, I, I want to say like in California oftentimes, and then it kind of spreads throughout the US and then jumps over to to england and then mm. slowly it, it tends to make it make its way into europe you know so 
whenever I see something new here, I, I know that like, okay, that means like the reach has been expanded of, of a new concept. And we just drove up to a farm to, to get some fresh asparagus, so white asparagus that grow here. And we drove past this, this uh, vacation rental park. And it's, it's, it's a park that's been, that's existed for a long time. And I've never seen a tiny home in, in, in this park before. And they had a big sign next to the road saying like, book your tiny home, go mm-hmm. to this website and book your tiny home. And I slowed down a little bit and I looked over. I was like, man, these, uh, this, this whole park is full of tiny homes now. Yeah. Which kind of blew my mind. Yeah, dude, it's, um, it, it's blown up. You know, and I see it all around the country or all around the world right now. There's different themes that are popping up with the style of tiny homes. And uh, as you know, and maybe some of the listeners know, I'm a pretty big guy. So tiny homes aren't like the the most comfortable thing for me. And that's why I was trying to kind of stay away from that and lean more towards building cabins, right? Like what we're in here. It's very comfortable being in the in the den that we have here. So I was envisioning that, but then I found these really cool. I don't. I don't want to mention the uh, developers as of now because we have uh, we have some meetings with a handful of different tiny home manufacturers, and we're still getting to know them. I haven't even spoken to them yet. Thursday we're diving into this stuff, but I've selected three or four companies around the country that are building these really freaking awesome houses, man. Like you can't even tell that they're tiny homes using reclaimed woods and like on the inside to two full bedrooms, full bathroom, like big enough kitchens. The ceilings are tall enough and I'm looking at it and I'm like, man, these things, they look like, and this is what I think we're going to coin them inside of uh free wild is micro cabins, right? Cause like tiny homes, they have this new, they have this vibe going on and there's like a whole culture behind it. But also there, there's something about the cabin culture that people really connect with. And I think there's a slight disconnect between, and I could be wrong with this, but this is my opinion. I think there's a slight disconnect between the tiny home community and the cabin community. There's more of a transient culture, I guess, when it comes to the tiny homes where cabins feel more rooted, feel more of like, the free wild vibe of what we're trying to create. Right. Mm-hmm. So these companies that we're going to potentially align with, man, the, the designs that they're putting together is just unbelievable. And they look like if you didn't see the wheels, they look like actual cabins. And that's what, you know, that's where I came up with like, Hey, these are micro cabins. Let's create that, that feeling. But then what's good for us. And the, and the reason why I think tiny homes really useful for us, maybe we'll give some background on why, why we're going down this route. We're running into just some major challenges with this project, right? So here in Idlewild and the surrounding areas, they've had such a massive boom of people moving out of the cities into the mountain areas and contractors are just backed up for nearly six to 12 months. The county is backed up with projects, all this stuff. So for us to find a architect, design the cabins that we wanted to design here, go through the approval process, find a contractor and start the construction. It's going to be a near, nearly a two-year process. And what's confusing for us is like, do we shut down the park right before the high season and start renovating and start building foundations? And like, we have no idea how long the process is going to be. 
or how do we actually go through the approval process while we're still generating cash flow in this project? And what I recognize is like we can work on getting the approvals for the tiny homes as they're getting built in an offsite location, right? Still going to take six months to build these things because labor and just everything right now is just backed up. It's insane, you know, materials, all that. So we can still run this property renovate the units that we need to renovate, still run this project as we're getting the approvals and as our units are being built, right? So we're saving all of this logistics. And then once we get the approvals to put these tiny homes down and all the landscape and decking and all that stuff that we want to build, we'll align that with delivery, right? So the the period of shutting down the community is going to be a very small window, right? And we're leveraging our cash a bit better, Right. And, you know, we could build, I'm looking at one of these tiny homes, man. And, you know, we can get a, a two, a one to two bedroom tiny home built for roughly 150 to 200,000. Mm-hmm. And to do a cabin that I think will make the same amount of ADR on maybe bigger square footage is going to cost a minimum of $150,000 more than that. Right. Yeah. Up here. So it's well, like, that, it's a no yeah. freaking brainer for us. Yeah. Well, that was, that was the biggest thing that uh, was on my mind was like, okay, I, I see the advantage of buying these prefab uh, tiny homes because of the reasons that you mentioned, but I was wondering about the construction costs and uh, I was looking up some, some statistics online and they were saying like, typically a prefab is about 15 to 20% cheaper, you know, than putting it together on your own site, like doing everything yourself. So. I thought, oh, if it's cheaper, I mean, there's so much more, there's so many benefits to this. If it's also cheaper, then it's almost like a no-brainer. What's the downside of doing this? There's a couple of downsides. One is the design needs to feel comfortable, right? Like you have to build a unit that, like for our, our avatar, we're focused on the couple or small family come together, right? It has to be big enough to feel like you're on vacation in those units. These tiny homes, a lot of the designs are just like, it it feels like a uh, mobile home trailer, right? Mm -hmm. Which is, it doesn't give you the same vibe and same feeling and experience as a guest in a cabin, right? So to me, the design is, is the most important aspect of it. Number two is the material. A lot of these manufacturers, they're using cheaper materials that break down very easily. And it becomes a bit more challenging to maintain these units than it would if we built a property, right? Yeah. Like it, once we start building cabins, either on this property or the next property that we buy, you know, those units, they're going to be, we're going to build those to last a hundred plus years. These tiny homes, I'm not hundred percent sure how long they're going to last, right? Because of the yeah. materials that they're using. And then number three is you don't necessarily have the equity in the buildings that uh, in the property that we would get by building cabins on the property versus tiny homes on wheels. It becomes a different use, a different mm. use of the property, right? So where we have approvals and foundation and dwelling units that are in the property, the equity goes through the roof. These become mobile homes, essentially parked on the property, right? So, yeah. but there's also value in that for sure. You know, there's value in that. So there's a handful of downsides that come with it. 
I would say design is number one. Number two is material. I would say number three is the time it takes. There's a handful of, and I mentioned this to you guys this morning. I'm like, hey, it might be in our timeline in the future to acquire one of these tiny home manufacturers and just build these in-house so we can pop them up all over the place, right? The amount of time it takes, these companies, they don't have the ability to really pump these out too much. And if they do, they're not, they're more cookie cutter versus the custom side that we want. And then if it takes you a year to build these tiny homes, you might as well get the approvals to build a structure that you can actually have longer term equity in. Yeah. But still, you think it's going to be quicker for us to get these prefabs than building it ourselves. I don't know, man. Like this is what I'm trying to figure out. Six months ago, I would have had a different response. Right now, I'm not guesstimating anything because (laughs) of, dude, like the construction industry is so insane. Uh, I talked to uh, Christy Wolf. You know, she's the host with the Potato and the Idaho Over Outlook posts and the Hobbit Hole, and she's she just has like all these awesome builds going on at all times. She ordered a um, prefab, really cool unit that she's putting up in Idaho again from overseas somewhere. And she was telling me the numbers. It was kind of crazy where it was essentially the numbers tripled and the timeline tripled um, being delivered. Mm. You know, so like the supply lines are just super backed up. The cost of materials and obviously oil and everything else is just through the roof. So I don't know. We're going to be talking to some of these manufacturing companies. Maybe someone who's listening right now has experience with tiny homes and either on the build side or or running it themselves. Love to get some some actual input on this. But one company I'm speaking to that I'm I'm really freaking hoping we can align. Like the designs are so cool. The uh, the designer and the owner of the company is just like this really funky dude who just like I want to I want to work with. He's just like seems like a really cool guy doing some really awesome stuff. His website says 12 to 18 months. And I'm like, okay, well, and I'm talking to a sales team tomorrow (laughs) and I'm like, okay, well, if we buy 10 to 15 of these and, you know, in cash, no financing, you know, all of that stuff, you know, a couple million dollars worth of, you know, business with you. Can you speed this up by six months? Because six months is a long freaking time for us. Right. Yeah. But also, like, is the twelve to eighty months? If that's uh, if that's for one unit, I don't know how many they can build at the same time. I don't know either, man. <laughs> There's another really cool company that I found that has some. They have an awesome business model, man. They have all the pricing and just like everything is clear on their website. And I'm going to be talking to them as well. Is that the one that you sent me? No, no, it's somebody else. This other company is called uh, Liberation Tiny Homes uh, dot com. They got a really cool model. I don't fully know if they're really aligned with our vibe of what we want to create, you know, but my point of bringing them up is they have a really awesome production line. They have a a huge location where they're just pumping these things out. So they may be able to pump it out quicker than a smaller company. I don't know. Again, it comes down to the whole thing of cookie cutter, like to, to have a production line, right? It's like Tesla and their gigafactory in Austin, Texas. They're just pumping out the same car over and over and over again. So they can do it really quick. The moment you start customizing it, uh, that's where it takes, it takes the, you know, the longer route to come out. So yeah, 
I don't know. It's a whole new world for us, man. Like we've explored it quite a bit, but I'm I'm in the rabbit hole pretty deep and I'm I'm thinking that's the best route for us to go on this project to get this cash flowing as fast as possible without having to have you know a construction project be stretched out for two years. Yeah. I also like the idea that these things you can move them. <laughs> yeah, they're on wheels. <laughs> yeah. So I'm I'm thinking, I'm just thinking like, let's say like, you know, fast forward five years and we have like 10 of these properties, right? Or 15 of these properties. If demand in a certain area is a little lower during a certain month, but then demand in, in one of our other properties is pretty high, we could like roll some over. We could. I mean, that option is there. And our business model for Free Wild is to cluster these properties together, right? So have one in Idlewild, have one in Palm Springs, have one in Big Bear, Joshua Tree. So we could move them around. Obviously, there's some logistical challenges with that. What I'm more excited about is the ability, if we can get these in here pretty quick and they're cool, they they go with the vibe and the theme of what we're building with Free Wild. And we have a grander vision of building actual cabins here, foundation cabins, really cool units that will last 100 plus years. That process is going to just take so much longer to get the approvals and get bids from contractors, align with contractors, get the materials, the whole thing, right? We can pop these things up. And this is why I was thinking, I'm like, hey, maybe in two years from now, we buy our own tiny home manufacturing company and start producing these things in-house because then we can pop them up on the properties that we're acquiring pretty quick. And then as soon as we get the approvals to do the cabin developments, we can pull those those units and pop them up on another property, right? Yeah, in theory, exactly, yeah. in theory, yeah. that's that's possible, right? The logistics and the execution of that, you know, we we need some help. <laughs> we need somebody who has <laughs> the expertise to do that. But yeah. in theory, that's possible. So for us, I mean, it makes sense, man. Like it makes sense to to work with these companies if they can producing something that's unique to us that they could do it quicker than us building here. Cause if not, it's like, we might as well, we can get approvals for tiny homes or we can get approvals for cabins. And if it's going to take right around the same amount of time, give or take a couple of months, might as well just get the approvals to build the cabins. Right. Yeah. So I but think that's kind of what we're rolling into. We get an approval to build the cabins. Does that also qualify as approval for a tiny home on wheels? No, different type of approval process. Uh, Um, Yeah. The moment you start doing any type of foundation work and you're building structures here that are immovable, I guess is the word. There's all different types of regulations and, and things that you have to go through where mobile homes Essentially, this is how they're going to be classified, I believe, uh, here in Riverside County as mobile homes. You have the ability to do more density. You have the ability to, because you're not, you're not, you're really only hooking up water, sewer, and electric here and not really worrying about all the other things that are being tied into a development project. So, and what we're going to get approval for is the units and the decking essentially, because yeah. we're going to build decking and and yeah. kind of the whole experience around the units as well. Yeah. And I want to clarify too, man, like the one thing that I don't want to do here is the density of tiny homes. Do you remember the tiny home community that's right across the street from my house? Yeah. 
Do you, do you remember how close they are? Yeah, it, it was nuts. It's crazy. It's it like, what's nuts. the point of living all, there? Yeah, they were all like backed right next to each other. What's that? Like, there's no privacy. When you're in a tiny home, you you need the what I love about these types of tiny homes is like you have to have the indoor outdoor lifestyle, right? Because yeah. like inside, you're not they're not designed to be inside all the time, right? It's like very tight quarters. So you have to have the outside available and that experience tied in as yeah. well. When I see these tiny homes that are just freaking stacked on top of each other, it's like there's no you're you're robbing the experience from the guests uh staying in those units. I get it in certain markets, urban markets where you need the density for housing, long-term housing. I get that. That's a different thing. But that Zion tiny home I stayed in at that community, it felt like I was at a trailer park community or like a campground where it's just like zero privacy. You're stacked. You can look directly into somebody else's window and experience what they're experiencing. Right. It's like, we, we don't want to do that here. We want to tie it into the experience. Cause I feel if we do uh, into the nature experience, I feel if we do that, we can get the same amount of ADR on those units. than we can on building a bigger cottage or cabin and we can do it for hopefully a fraction of the cost. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was, I was just going to mention the, the couple of things that I enjoy about tiny homes is number one is the way that they maximize use of space. Mm -hmm. Well, as an example, I, I don't know if this, I mentioned this before, but um, whenever I fly out of uh, the, my country, the Netherlands, there's a hotel at the airport called the Citizen mm -hmm. M. Have you, have you heard yeah. of that? Citizen yeah, yeah. M? You introduced, uh, introduced that to me. Yeah. So there's a few other hotels at the airport. There's a Sheraton, there's the Hilton, but the Citizen M is a really interesting hotel because it's, the rooms are tiny. The rooms are, are so small, but they, they are so smart with how they, how they use the space. And on top of that, you have an iPad that you can use to control everything. And there's like smart lights. You can, you can change the color of the lights. You can do so many things. So you're in this tiny little space, but it's, it's actually really fun. Like I'm taking a shower. My girlfriend puts it on purple, then on green, and I'm standing mm -hmm. there like it's it's almost like it's I'm in a club or something, yeah. you know. She so turns on the music, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just so much fun to to be in that little space that it doesn't bother me. Normally, I don't I don't like to be in a, in a small space, but right. that that thing just it's small, but it doesn't feel small. If that makes sense, hundred percent, so, man. So that's one thing, and it's just cool to see how they're how they're doing that. You know how they're, how they're using that space. Just really creative and smart ways of doing it. Number two is what I realized, and the reason the other reason why we love staying at the Citizen M is they also understand that if the rooms are super small, then people need to have a different space to hang out and do other things. Just like you're saying with like, hey, you can't stack these tiny homes next to each other because you got to have some space to breathe. You got to have a cool space outside. And the Citizen M, what they do is they have downstairs, they have, they have like a really, really cool social area. They have big tables where you can sit at and do work. They have like living room style seating areas with a TV, with books, with board games. They have a bar. They have they have so many different type of areas to hang out that you know you're we just go there 
for fun as well to hang out in the in the social area. Yeah. So it's like you got this you got this tiny little room where we just sleep there and we just play around with all the technology that's in there and we watch a movie and we play music yeah. and play the lights and then we hang out in the social area and meet people and it's just really cool. But that's uh that costs almost as much as the Sheraton, which is also at the airport. Right. But I'd rather go to this one, even though the room is less than half of the size. Mm-hmm. It's all about the experience, man. We talk about that all the time, you know, and uh, I'm pretty pumped on what these next level, you know, next generation tiny home developers are doing. And it's all about the best use of space, 100%. So yeah. we'll see. We'll see how this turns out. So maybe on the next podcast, we'll update everybody on the where we're at with that. But I'm feeling pretty good about it, dude. And like, uh, like we started this podcast, I uh, literally been dreaming about it, you know, which is a good sign, right? You know, waking up and seeing the process coming together. So yeah, I'm pretty pumped about it. I think for this site, that is the best option for us to go down because everything else we're just noticing is just going to right now with just everything, just like timing has been crazy, right? You know, the war in Russia and the Ukraine and inflation and gas prices and shortages, like it's crazy to see what's happening right now. So we have to, we have to take fast action, but we don't want to, take away from the brand experience of what we're creating, right? Mm -hmm. Because what we can do with these tiny homes is still build it with the brand archetype of Freewild. And in two, three, four years, if we decide to build out those cabins, we can still attract the same people, pull those those trailers and put them on the the next property, right? And then by that time too, if we do have the ability to manufacture these things ourselves, and really customize it to the next level. That's where you know our business goes to the next level because that's when we pull together a bigger fund. We start buying up more property, a lot more land, and be able to just pop these things up as we're getting approval for different usage. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see, man. This is still like a big learning lesson or learning process. I know there's a lot in the tiny home community and. Uh, you know, world that we just, we are just ignorant to at the moment. Uh, This is a whole culture, man. It's freaking awesome to see. I've always known that it was there, but the way that, you know, just like the Airbnb space, short-term rental space, this is a further niche in all of that. And it's, uh, it's just cool to see what people are doing. So yeah, dude, I'm pumped about it, man. Hopefully we can get 10 to 15 of those popped up here in the next six months. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be super, super awesome. I was, I was wondering, um, do most of the companies that you looked at, do they offer like a standard, a few different models of tiny yeah. homes and a customized option as well? Yeah. So most companies that look at that I found that seem professional. So I, I was trying to find companies that had manufacturing in-house. They were building them here in the States. A lot of companies build them overseas and ship them over. I don't want to do that for multiple reasons of you know mostly what we just said the cost and time and everything else, plus the quality. I want to make sure the quality is, you know, world-class with what we build. So I want to make sure that they're, they're being built here in the States. They have a team, they have their own manufacturing. So I found a handful of companies. There's a ton of companies out there and, and companies that can do our volume of like 10 to 15. It's really not a lot, but for a lot of these tiny home manufacturers, it's a big order for a lot of them. So I found most companies have, 
anywhere between three and 10 of their own styles that they're just pumping out. Right. And it's just like, you can choose this, you can choose different types of colors and cabinets and stuff like that, but you're not changing the structure of the units at all. Mm -hmm. Right. Then there's other companies that have the customization part to it where, where it's like, you can use the frame of it, but you can move around the layout and all that other stuff. But that's where the time comes in. Right. Yeah. Because now you have to train the team and everything. There's so much more that comes along with that. We're looking to align with a company that can customize it for us. Yeah. And it's like, hey, let's build a free wild structure together. And then let's just pump these things out. We can order 15 right away. And maybe in six to 12 months when we buy our next property, we can order another 15 or 30 of these and just keep pumping it out that way. I think with the right partner long-term, we, we can align with somebody who can customize it. Yeah, right. So you're, you're thinking to essentially buy uh, 10 or 15 of the exact same tiny homes. No, because here in Idlewild, like we have two, we have two avatars, right? We have the hikers and then we have, you know, like the couples and then we have the small families, right? Mm-hmm. We have one piece of land up here that is very short because it, it drops off quite a bit. So we, we want to put smaller units there. I want to get about three to four smaller units up there. And I think there we're only targeting two people, like a small, like a couple to stay there. So these are going to be smaller units. They're going to be closer to 400, 500 square feet, one bedroom or a loft. That's about it. Then down below, we have the ability, and this is where we really need support on the architectural side and the design side. By the way, if anyone who's listening to this, if you know anyone or if you're an architect who could potentially support us on this, we're looking for somebody that we can work with here in California that can help us figure out the exact layout of the property. Right. We have a handful of, I've talked to a handful of different architects and they just don't want to take it on um, because it's such a niche down project. So we definitely need help there. But down on the lower property, we can fit bigger units. It just Mm -hmm. all comes down to the placement of them all. Right. So I'm thinking that we essentially order two styles. We'll have a smaller one that's only focused for two people. And then we have a bigger one that's focused for four to five people. Right, mm-hmm. like two couples yeah. and a and a child or something like that. Yeah. Or or like a family with like two or three kids. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Sweet dudes. This is fun stuff. I looked at the stuff that you sent me. And um, again, what I love about these tiny homes is like the way they use the space. And then that's why I was wondering as well, is like when it comes to customization, you can't really go in and like change too much because you know there's a reason why they put things mm-hmm. in different places because you want to maximize that space. So I imagine you can't really toss around too much. No, no, but I think, yeah, I, I'm really stoked about this one guy. And, you know, if we, if we strike a deal with him, of course, you know, we'll probably even bring him on the podcast, the whole thing, but I have a good feeling if we can align with a, a unique designer who understands what we're trying to build here and they're manufacturing tiny homes, they have the ability to customize one of their frames for us. And that's really just material, technology, and uh, it essentially is material and technology. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, it's like the types of materials that we want to bring in that gives the free wild feel. And then the technology that we want to implement 
uh, into it that helps us run the short-term rental business at a high level, plus give an awesome experience for our guests. Um, you're you're staying at uh, in Idaho this this whole week, correct? Yeah, yeah. What's uh what's on the agenda for you when it comes to the property this week? Yeah, man. So tomorrow is a full free wild day. Uh, I forgot to tell everybody that I'm taking off, focus on free wild. Uh, <laughs> I have a uh, I have a designer. Uh, Darcy, who uh, who I know uh, from San Diego, she does incredible design work, and she she's been on like HGTV, all the design shows, Netflix, all that stuff. We met years ago at a networking event, and she was one of the individuals that I reached out to about this project. So she's coming up here tomorrow. She's going to be on site all day. Uh, she's actually staying here in the den. And uh, we're going to spend all day tomorrow putting together measurements and going through the the Free Wild Vibe book and really coming up with the exact style designs. And we're, we're doing three things. One is coming up with the final Free Wild designs for the four units that we have up here now. Two is putting together a material list and final furnishing list. So, you know, it's like trying to figure out what you can put budget wise into each unit when it comes to furniture and everything else like that's we're going to go through that and then we're also going to talk about the renovations i have a one of the biggest contractors up here coming by tomorrow talk about the renovations as well so it's really just kind of you know at this stage when you move into these small little markets you gotta you gotta kind of build relationships you gotta build strong relationships with people um so me coming up for a week it's like Obviously, we can work here. Tomorrow, we're walking the designer through, we're meeting some contractors, but we're also meeting, you know, I'm meeting other hosts in the area, other business owners in the area. Samantha and I are taking out this couple that we met last time we were up here. They run a small business here and they run two really cool Airbnbs here. So we're going to take them out, connect with them, see if there's any synergy between what we're doing, the whole thing. So it's a bit of like getting the four units design. Pro- this is stage one is renovating the four units, right? We're going to start with the designer, hopefully lock in a contractor that's been super, super difficult up here. And then the other part of my trip up here is really just building relationships, meeting with our old uh, realtor, Robin Oates from up here, uh, talk about some projects. He, he found some other units that we want to look at. So yeah, it's a lot of it's a lot of that. And I freaking love it, man. I want to, I, I want to be doing more and more of that stuff. Awesome. Sweet dude. Well, uh, have fun, have fun up there. I wish I could come over too, because um, uh, you know, I want to check out our property sometime. I know, bro. Gotta get you that visa. Everyone who's listening, send me some, send some positive vibes to the American Immigration Department and tell them to approve my visa. That's right. <laughs> approve it. Awesome. Hook it up, Biden. <laughs> cool man let's wrap this up dude any any final thoughts no that's it man i'll uh you know next time we connect i'll update everybody on where we're at with that uh obviously this is a big topic that we're going to be going into at the legends mastermind so if anybody who is doing short-term rentals at a high level development tiny home communities whatever it is and you qualify for legends you know highly suggest that you guys submit a application i think we got know how many spots left less than 10 spots left for the june trip so yeah we're looking for some awesome people to come down and we're going to be solving these problems at a high level you know yeah. we have a handful of people 
that are in the mastermind now that they're not building tiny homes, but they're building really unique hotels and unique spaces, stuff like that. Uh, so we're going to be talking about financing. We're going to be talking about the team. We're going to be talking about the approvals, all those things. So yeah, if anyone um, who wants to join that conversation and bring some value, you know, check out the mastermind. They could uh, find the application at strlegends.com. That's right. Did you book your flight yet to Mexico? I have no idea, man. That's not part. That's not in my department anymore, man. That's in Aaron's <laughs> department. <laughs> that's the beauty of having a, a COO, right? <laughs> that's right. I'm like, dude, this is what I want. Yeah, I want to be picked up at my house. I want, you know, easy travel, uh, the whole thing. This is how tall I am, all my info, and they're taking care of it. So it's nice, it's man. I love it. Awesome, man. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm super excited. June 16th is the start of our event. We'll be there a couple of days earlier to uh, prep the property, uh, which is uh property looks incredible. So dude, really looking unreal. forward to staying there. Yeah. It's unreal, man. What is it? Eight different units on one property. <laughs> yeah. Eight villa. They all have a rooftop, like all, all of them. So that we have like eight rooftops and I think most of them have pools as well. So yeah, we'll, we'll be able to say, ah, today, now I'm going to go in this pool. Then I'm going to go in that pool. Look at the sunset from this rooftop and this rooftop. It's going to be pretty sweet. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. But yes, by the way, uh, you posted some cool pictures on your Instagram. So if people are curious to see, we're not giving away the exact location of the property, but if you want to see some pictures, check out the Instagram, Eric D Muller. That's right. Yeah. We're not giving out the the location you little creepers but you can check out the uh, <laughs> uh you can check out the uh yeah the photos but we'll post it up when we get closer there but uh yeah it's freaking awesome i'm gonna post up some more uh later this week awesome so for anybody who's interested if you run 50 units or more if you're a boutique hotelier or you're an investor in the short rental space check out strlegends.com we have a few spots left and uh we'll hopefully we'll see you in june in mexico that's right. that's right all right eric thanks for jumping on man it was fun talking to you about tiny homes i'll be back on monday and we'll be back next friday see ya have a great peace weekend out. everybody peace thank you so much for listening to the get paid for your pad podcast the number one podcast for airbnb hosts and short-term rental professionals we hope you enjoyed the show and if you want to learn more about hosting on Airbnb and building a short rental business, then go ahead and subscribe to our daily email newsletter at getpaidforyourpad.com. And if you're just starting out on Airbnb, make sure to download our free Airbnb starter guide at getpaidforyourpad.com slash get started. Now, if you enjoy this podcast, make sure to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. And please leave us a review on Apple Podcast for a chance to win lifetime access to the Short-Term Rental Profit Academy, our starter course for anybody who wants to start an Airbnb business. So every month we select one reviewer at random and give that person access to the course. So thank you so much for listening and check back every Monday for an episode of The Host Show and every Friday for an episode of SDR Conversations on the Get Paid for Your Pad podcast. Get paid for your pad. 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 Get paid for your pad.